And welcome back to Podcast Parables. I'm your host, Courtney Lee, and I am incredibly grateful you've chosen this for your headphones or speakers today. It's a great privilege and joy to bring the stories of the Bible to life. Podcast Parables exists to explore and interact with Scripture in a way that takes the black and white words of a story and colors in the lines of what could have been with what was not explicitly written while staying absolutely committed to upholding the integrity of God's word and prioritizing historical accuracy. A long sentence to say, we love stories, we love stories from the Bible, and we try to be as accurate as possible while also giving ourselves permission to imagine what could have been. We are in our fourth season here at Podcast Parables. If you're new here, welcome, so glad you're here. (laughs) Thank you for joining the fun. Feel free to hop back to any of the first three seasons, Uh, maybe the unnamed women of the New Testament or people from the genealogy of Jesus, or even we feature Bible kids. They're all great, and I would love for you to go back and listen if you missed any or if you're new. If you want more stories from the Bible, then you're in the right place. This season, we are calling it Gen 1, which focuses in on the first generation of the church, proclaiming Jesus and building the church. But beyond Peter and John and Paul, who were the other people in the story? In the last episode, we looked at one of the 3,000 saved on the streets in Jerusalem after Peter preached his first public message. For this episode, we will step into the story of the crippled beggar found in Acts chapters 3 and 4. This is his story. Enjoy. They carry me here every morning. It's not my favorite part, but it's necessary if I want to eat. We have a deal. They get 10% of whatever I earn for the day, just for lugging me up here to the beautiful gate. Started at birth. I came out with twisted up legs that no one could fix. Not that we would have had the money for doctors anyway. We barely had enough to eat. Had a son who couldn't work or contribute, and that just made things worse. Then, my parents died in an accident when I was 12. As a result, I was left a cripple and an orphan, and soon thereafter, a beggar. It sounds sad and lonely, but it wasn't all bad. My life had always been hard, even with my parents alive. What was one more thing? I learned early on that uh, my attitude had a lot to do with my own outcome. Even if I didn't have control over my legs, I had my sight, my hearing, my arms. I had my smile. I loved to make people laugh. (laughs) There's a whole crew of us out there. The leftovers. That's what we call ourselves. They uh, taught me the ropes of this life on the fringe. It wasn't high class, but we had each other's back. They taught me everything about life on the streets. The most 
important of which was the art of the charm. If I wanted to eat, I had to get people to put coins in my hands. If I wanted people to put coins in my hands, I had to get them to notice me. If I wanted people to notice me, I needed a shtick. Now for this, I had multiple tactics. For women, well, I appealed to their compassion and inborn desires to make sure people were cared for and had enough to eat. The eyes are the key for this strategy. The eyes unlock the heart, especially a woman's. Not 100% accurate all the time, but it worked most of the time. I worked to make eye contact with them, and I could even bubble up a few tears on command if needed. Children, though, were my personal favorite way to make a connection. I had a few different games and tricks I could do for them. Juggling rocks was a crowd favorite. Peekaboo was another. <laughs> Sometimes, if I could hook the kids, I could get the parents to donate just to get their kids' attention back. Foreigners were another easy target. Because I have sat at the beautiful gate for years upon years upon years, the locals don't often even see me much anymore. But the travelers, well, I make quite a sight next to the beauty of the temple architecture. <laughs> for these, I try to make my legs the most prominent scene, invoking pity and understanding for my plight on this earth. My legs may not be able to walk, but they're good for at least this one thing. The local men, now, they were the toughest crowd. Especially those dressed in religious garb. I've gotten to the point where I don't even try with them anymore. Just let them pass on by. I don't waste my charm or time at most throwing out a alms for the poor as their robes swoosh by my face and turn up the corners of my mat. Not worth it. I can't remember the last time a man has even acknowledged my presence here. But that's what makes this story so wild. It was time for the three o'clock afternoon prayer service, so I got myself in ready position was hoping for some families today. Oftentimes, this was the service they would come to since it wasn't during a meal time. But it was a little slow. I think the hullabaloo of the last few weeks was wearing on people. It's been a long spring. Tensions have been at an all-time high. Not real good for business. Only a few men filed through the beautiful gate. I tried not to be discouraged, but... Mm, Hope was hard to hang on to on days like today. It just felt so invisible sometimes. But two men I sort of recognized were coming up the steps. Usually, they had one more with them, but it was just the two today. I held up a hand but kept my head down, going through the motions more than anything else. Please... Can I have some money? I mumbled it, really, not expecting a response at all. It took me a few moments to notice their skirts had stopped swooshing, and because I had my eyes closed, I didn't notice their feet just ahead of me. Look at us! 
My eyes popped open and I saw their sandals just beyond my reach. These kind of men never stopped for me. Well, only one in recent days. I, I think his name was Judas, and because he only stopped and gave me a few of the smallest coins from his overstuffed pouch because he was just trying to impress the crowd following along that day. I could see his eyes try to reach his masters, straining for him to notice his good deed, and when he did not, on his way he went without so much as an encouraging word or even a smile. I played my part, though, ever so grateful for his generosity and kindness. I didn't usually have standards when it came to accepting gifts from others. I tried not to judge. After all, I'm a beggar. <laughs> but the coins Judas gave me didn't sit right with me. I couldn't keep them. Ugh. But anyway, back to the feet in front of me. My gaze traveled from the ground up to their faces, trying not to be too giddy about the payout I feel I'm about to receive. I adjust my seat and smile my best, most respectful smile, as if to say thank you in advance. Thank you for seeing me. Thank you for stopping. Thank you for speaking to me like a human being. Thank you for wanting me to look at you in the eyes. Perhaps even, thank you for making a way for me to eat tonight. The larger man looked at me intensely, but the other had a softer sparkle in his eyes. We don't have any money for you, but I'll give you what I have. Okay. This was unusual. I've never heard this before. Was he wanting me to do something for his money? Or did he just want to make me feel bad for being a beggar on the street in the steps of the temple? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And then he took me by the right hand and helped me up and as he did my feet and ankle bones were healed and strengthened <laughs> I, I jumped up and stood on my feet and began to walk then walking turned to leaping and leaping turned to praising God and I went into the temple with them all the people saw me walking and heard me praising God, and when they realized I, it was me, the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. Everyone rushed to Solomon's colonnade where we were, and everyone stood there in awe of the wonderful thing that had happened. Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said. What is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of all our ancestors, who brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. This is the same Jesus whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate despite Pilate's decision to release him. 
You rejected this holy, righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead, and we are witnesses of this fact. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed, and you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. Friends, I realize what you and your leaders did to Jesus was done in ignorance. But God was fulfilling what all the prophets had foretold about the Messiah, that he must suffer these things. Now, repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. While Peter and John were speaking to the people, they were confronted by the priests the captain of the temple guard, and and some of the Sadducees. You see, these leaders were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people that through Jesus there is resurrection of the dead. And then they arrested them. And since it was already evening by then, they put them in jail until morning. Using my new-found feet, I followed them to the jail, mostly still amazed that I could move about the city without help. My legs and ankles worked. I could walk. In the name of Jesus, I was healed. I told everyone I saw, everyone I could find, about the miracle of what happened to me. That night I slept outside the jail so as not to miss a single thing. And sleeping outside was not foreign to me. The next day, the council of all the rulers and elders and teachers of religious law met in Jerusalem. Annas the high priest was there along with Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and other relatives of the high priest. And they brought in two disciples Peter and John, and demanded, By what power or in whose name have you done this? Then, this is my favorite part, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you and to all of the people in Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, the man you crucified but whom God raised from the dead. For Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says, The stone that you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see that these were no ordinary men. They had no special training in the scriptures, but they also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. 
but since these members of the council could see me standing right there among them, there was nothing they could say. So they took a moment to confer among themselves, and finally they came back in and commanded us, Peter, John, never to speak or teach in the name of Jesus again. But Peter and John replied, Do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. The council then threatened them further, but finally they let them go because they didn't know how to punish them without starting a riot. For everyone was praising God for my miraculous sign, the healing of a man who had been lame for more than 40 years. As soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God, and I joined them. Oh, sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. Oh, Lord, give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after this, the meeting place shook. We were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and then they continued to preach the word of God with boldness. All of us believers were united in heart and mind, and we all felt what we owned was not our own, so we shared everything we had. The only thing I had to share was the leftovers. So I rounded them up and brought them in, and Jesus made a way for me to walk. But more importantly, he made a way for all of us to belong. We served in whatever ways we could. The apostles also testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's great blessing was upon us all. There was no needy people among us, no need to beg, because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. It wasn't perfect, because none of us were. But God's love and the name of Jesus bound us together. Everyone always teases me because I am always up moving around. I have a very, very hard time sitting still. But when they tease, I just shrug and say, Hey, I sat for 40 years and I intend on spending the next 40 on my feet telling everyone the good news of how Jesus saves. Thank you so much for listening to Podcast Parables today. It's a great delight to be in the Word with you week after week. 
There's nothing we need more in our shifting world than a firm foundation in what the scriptures actually say, the truth of who God is, and the story he is weaving in all of us. May we each be committed to opening our Bibles this week and being transformed by the work of the Holy Spirit as we enjoy and interact with the words of Scripture. Also, may we see ourselves as the crippled beggar today, saved by the grace in the name of Jesus, delivering us from the pits of our own sin, the devastating realities of living in a fallen world, and the opportunity to step right into service in our local churches and for the kingdom of God. There's work to be done, friends. Maybe we won't go walking and leaping and praising God, but we could. I dare you to get that song unstuck from your head today. (laughs) Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give thee. Oh, tell your story this week, friends. Tell what God has done. That is why there's power in story. Not because of us or because we're something special or our story has the deepest pits or the highest highs. Our stories point to a God who never wastes anything and always uses everything. It's because of Him. Because He can always turn hard to good. And He loves with an everlasting love. He pens our story with impact in mind always because of the work that he's already done through Jesus on the cross and the work he is continuing to do from everlasting to everlasting. Brothers and sisters, look, get up and walk in Jesus' name today. (laughs) See you next time, friends. I'm signing off for now. Courtney Lee, your podcast parables host.